Another episode of Till Death Do Us Party. Hey guys. A podcast about the band Def Leppard. I'm yeah. your host tonight, like usual, Stuart Wellington. And joining me is Alex Smith, our resident hysterian. How you doing, Alex? Um, I'm pretty good, man. Are you messing with me? Are you fooling <laughs> with me? I'm poo- uh, did you say I'm pooping with you? <laughs> I said fooling with me. Because that's uh, pooping is not a song on this album. <laughs> I'm not totally is. I'm not f- 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 fooling with you, Stuart. Okay, guys. So you can probably tell that we're a little bummed because this album, uh, this side of the album or cassette tape, it begins kind of uh, kind of on a down note. Yeah, not it down really as does. In quality, just like uh, down is in mood. Uh, they they as, have yet to open a side of a record with this uh, this you know this down mood of a song downbeat yeah and we are of course we are talking about the album Pyromania by the band Def Leppard this is side B so why don't you fire up that cassette player or your record player and why don't we jump right into Fa fa fa, foolin'. How about we do a quick recap, just so? Uh, oh yeah, that's what we do when we talk about an, yeah. uh, a an album by the band Def Leppard. Yeah. So what do we talk about on side A, Alex? What is uh, what are some of the themes that we talked about? Stuart, I'm going to go back even further than side A. I want to talk uh, a little bit. That's unprecedented. <laughs> Let me check. I want to talk. Book. <laughs> the rule book says you're allowed to. Okay. Okay. Oh great. Where's can I get a copy of the rule book, or you hang on to that as like a power thing? Uh, it's a first edition, and it's autographed, so <laughs> I don't know if I want to give it to you. Uh, you might be able to buy the Kindle Kindle version. Who's, who's, who autographed it? Who autographed the rule book? Uh, George the Washington? Author the, book. The, the author of the book did. Okay. Uh, who's that? Who wrote the uh, rules? Bill Maher? Uh, <laughs> Bill Maher? <laughs> Yeah, did he write the whole thing? Yeah, Bill Maher wrote the wrote the <laughs> rules to uh, doing a podcast about a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, he famously did that entire uh, he did that podcast about Mott the Hoople. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, would, oh Bill Maher is a huge Hoople head. Uh, <laughs> I would listen he to used, Bill Maher. He used to write in his on his uh, notebooks. He used to write Bill the Hoople. <laughs> <laughs> Not Mar, uh, so not Mar the Hoople. His, uh, no, it was Bill. <laughs> he didn't want people to think his dad was the Hoople, and so he he did his podcast called uh, Hoopleheads, <laughs> which covers all the albums of his favorite band, Mott the Hoople. I am going to have um, to check that out. It's crazy. So he was doing that, and at yeah, the same time, Blazer. And at the same time, he was writing the rule book, the book of rules for how mm-hmm. to how to do a band podcast. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he kind of, he, he set a template, and everybody else was like, oh, wow, this is how you do it. But 
like you make it look so easy, but it, it isn't. And he's like, I'm going to write like, this, this book. He was like, this is stories. how you do it. <laughs> yeah, popular song by Mop the Hoople. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we do it. And that was me doing my Bill Maher impression of him, <laughs> exactly. him performing that Mop the Hoople song. Thanks for explaining that to our listeners. Okay, let's recap what has happened. I'm going back to High and Dry because it's the start of a tr- of a thematic trilogy that we're in. So High and Dry, which was the second Def Leppard album, uh, uh-huh. overall gave us like this personal, honest, and uh, sometimes like surprisingly flawed view of Joe Elliott, who we all know by now is the lead singer of Def Leppard. He's our yeah, hero. He's got some issue- issues with the ladies yeah he's got issues with the ladies he's got issues with the world he's at a turning point in his life where he is fed up with social obligations relationships he's basically sick of being a functioning member of a community and high and dry the album after a whole lot of like kind of back and forth trying to make relationships work trying to trying to fix things in society um Mm -hmm in a very rebellious sort of way. Uh, the album concludes with Joe running off into the distance, screaming, no, no, no. We hear him disappear off as the words, no, 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 fade away. And we presume, as listeners, that he's running away from civil society. He's running away from women. He's running away from anything that requires a compromise from him. Yeah, maybe into the woods or a desert. Uh, yeah, perhaps. I Yeah, let you could presume some kind of uh, uncivilized world. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Pyromania, which uh, presents itself immediately as a more colorful, more theatrical, more evocative. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost like... Um, Is it like the Wizard of Oz where yeah, it goes from okay, black and white yeah, to color? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say, let's, say, let's say Wizard of Oz, where, yes, we've gone from a, sort of a more black and white classic rock album to a more theatrical, more evocative, more colorful. Uh, we're just, we're just mute through, through symbols in the music and the structures of things. We are transported into a world that we now find Joe in, where he has ended up. And it's this kind of seedy carnival orgy where Joe is playing the role of like a barker or a like a smut salesman. He's an exploiter of women as like objects. He's this like bitter, amoral, loveless guy who cares more for like a pornographic picture that he's looking at than he does for the women to his immediate left and immediate right. Um, mm-hmm. Side A of Pyromania, which again uh, is a, you know, Pyromania. They they used that title as uh, to reflect um, the fact that it's a compulsion. Uh, it's it's a selfish yeah. act. You know, you set fire to something to gratify yourself. Um, it's a it's detached from any kind of other uh, ambition. It's just compulsion. Uh, it's and, a little destructive. Yeah, it's totally it's totally destructive, um, but we're not sure yet what about this Joe is philosophically saying is destructive. We're not sure if we're, you know, he's we're not sure if he's he's come off as as downright evil in parts of side A of Pyromania, and we don't know if we're going to find him redeemed or if he's going to tell us that we're 
wrong for being members of society at this point, right? Yeah. So side. Then, oh, sorry. Continue. And side A. Side A wraps up with an issues song. We have uh, Die yes. Hard the Hunter, uh, which is. Which is about uh, which is about uh, coming home from the wars, right? Coming home yeah. from the wars well, the, and then murdering folks. The the premise of it is that a traumatized soldier mm-hmm. returns home from the war, but the song itself is a is almost oh, just okay. like it's a it's actually a, a weirdly fun horror fantasy about a guy yeah. hiding in the shadows uh, who hunts regular people in cold blood for fun. Yeah, and it's we're another not, example of it's another example of Def Leppard's lyrics kind of holding up a mirror to society. They love mirrors. Maybe man. maybe maybe mirror mirror to society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look into my eyes. <laughs> yes, and uh, we, we, we're kind of we're kind of un, we're left a little unsure because it's a very serious song, but that's done in a sort of fun way. It's very ambiguous, and it doesn't hit us with anything like kind of certain there at the end we just know that we have this song about a guy who's a monster um mm-hmm. but we've also heard a lot of monstrous things on that side yeah. so that brings so, us to side b right out the gate on side b we got us a, a scorcher called foolin yeah and but it's a scorcher but it's one that starts not score not scorchy it's a scorcher that it's starts. It's a scorcher that comes out of uh, that you'll put out the fire with your tears because it's sad, or that um, well, it's, it like starts as a puddle of tears and becomes a scorcher. So what's a oh, okay. what's a meta- so like, what's a metaphor for that? You're good with the mythology uh, stuff. I don't what, I don't know what's a what's a what's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> How is it different than a simile? Uh, similes are when you say as or like. Oh, okay. And metaphor is when you just make up something and pretend like it uh, matters for some reason. Okay, so I would say the metaphor is that a person is, that Joe Elliott is crying gasoline tears that catch flame when they touch uh, the tip of the cigarette he's smoking. <laughs> wow, that's good. That's, that's pretty great, right? That's actually, yeah, I, I, we can't improve on that. So I'm just going to start fooling, and we're going to listen okay. to it for a second. That bass line right away is so great. I love it. The boom, yeah, Rick boom, Savage boom, just, boom, boom. Yeah, he just Rick Savage just tenderly holds you by the hand and leads you through the song. Yeah, you can almost imagine him just plucking like a big harp or something. Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. It's beautiful. Uh, all right, so we've got a very so we got lady imagery right out, right out of here. We got lady luck never smiles. So lend your love to me a while. Do with me 
what you will. Break the spell. Take your fill. What are we talking about here, Alex? Well, it's a heartbreak. I mean, we uh, we there's been a ton of heartbreak leading mm-hmm. up to this. Yeah. I would say that this is by far the most personal, uh, 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 just like the discourse or the conversation has been with the whoever the female subject is. This is the most personal, the most heartbroken we've heard on this album. This is him kind of reigniting his angst, his emo side, and just talking to one woman. Yeah, really um, down in the dumps. Yep. Yeah. Uh, to continue the, the to continue that verse, on and on we rode the storm. The flame has died. A lot of fire imagery, uh, obviously, oh, yeah, on, on the album Pyromania. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Oh, this empty bed is a night alone. I realized that long ago. So we're we're almost uh, what what I think's going on here is it's reflection. He's uh, he's he kind of reveals that what he's talking about is uh, he's he's not talking to a woman who's right there. He's talking to a woman he lost a long time ago. It could yeah, be, I can see that. It could be any of his former loves. The, uh, yeah, they are notable Princess Diana. Princess Diana, uh, the a a, a, an, a vampire woman named Sorrow. Yeah, uh, who's uh, presumably some kind of like a like a Spanish vampire lady. But yeah, um, that that makes sense. We we don't know who he's calling out to here. No, but I do like that it also begins with a little bit of more carnival imagery by mentioning Lady Luck never smiling. Yeah, like he's ga- he's gambling, or life is a gamble, That really. Yeah, that's um, all, all and, it really is. And then also, like, break the spell, take your fill. It's, um, you know, it's uh, like a, it's our, got like a, a, like a gypsy thing going on. Okay. Um, let's, let's move on to the next part of the song, because it builds sure. on... Because we don't yet know what the point here is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Let's get a chorus in there. This is not the chorus yet, but this it's like is, a pre-chorus. Well, yeah, it's, it's. I think I would call this a bridge. I think this is pretty solidly just a bridge. Oh, because it bridges two parts of the song. Yeah, together. it bridges a verse that makes and a chorus. Thank you. Um, and 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 Def Leppard. More so than almost any other rock band I've ever listened to, Def Leppard are, are masters of the the propulsive bridge, the bridge that moves you. Like it's almost like a, it's almost like when you see those old videos of those bridges that mo- are moving around because they resonate with the wind or with people walking across them. That's oh, I thought what, that was like an earthquake. Sometimes it's probably an earthquake. I think sometimes it's the wind. Sometimes the wind just builds up enough uh, enough uh, resonance. Uh, and it okay. and it shakes the it shakes the foundation of the of the bridge and and like basically makes it move like a waveform. Now, anyway, that's a lot of dumb shit nobody cares about that I'm saying just to say that that's how yeah, this isn't a Pink Floyd podcast, dude. <laughs> this is a Def Leppard podcast. <laughs> this is that's what Def Leppard has a lot of great bridges like that that just move mm-hmm. you that just throw you around like that. So anyway, so we're gonna hear one right now.
All right. At this point, we are building to something. Holy you know, shit. I just, want to, I just want to put a pin in this for a second, Alex, and say, you know, I already knew a lot about Def Leppard, but one of the things I like about doing this podcast is I learned stuff about music, like Bridges. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, do you, do you get what I'm talking? Because the tension here is intense. Like, we are definitely, we, we have been moved somewhere, and we don't know what state we're going to come out in. Are we in Missouri at the end of this? Are, yeah. we in, are we liquid? Are we in North Dakota? Are we liquid? <laughs> <laughs> are we a noble gas at the end of this? Uh, yeah, we we have no idea what what we're being taken to, but we know that it's that it better satisfy. You oh, know, certainly. you can't have you can't have a great bridge, and then have a letdown of a chorus. Um, and you know what, listeners. If you have, I, I can't think of one right now. I'm gonna think. I'm I'm gonna try to think of one. But if you know of a song that has a terrific bridge, and then a <laughs> letdown of a chorus, I think that'd be a fun thing to 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 listen to. I don't think it's ever happened in the Def Leppard catalog, but it could happen. Yeah, it certainly could happen. So anyway, not, not with Def Leppard though. We've so <laughs> I imagine our average listener right now is just like has thrown down whatever they're holding has kicked their chair back and is just pacing around the room uh-huh. because they probably, have to probably. hear the way that bridge ended. They have to know where we ended up. Yeah, uh, we, by, by pausing it right before the bridge or b- right before the chorus, it is we're, we're going to give our listeners blue balls, Alex, and that hurts for a guy. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> I mean, they're hurting, baby. Uh, they yep. They need. Is that sweet, the name of the song? Hurting baby. <laughs> they need sweet relief. Yeah, uh, and you ain't fooling. Is anybody out there? Anybody there? Does anybody wonder? Anybody care? Oh, I just gotta know if you're really there and you really care, because baby, I'm not. And we'll pretend we haven't already spoiled, or that the title of the song hasn't already spoiled. Where that. Uh, sentence is going to end up but anybody out there this is a cry for help this is desperation so he's reflecting back on an old love and he gets to the bridge and he's just pleading with the universe is there anyone out there that understands my plight that uh that sees how i've been so frustrated in these relationships and that they haven't worked out um Am I to be alone forever? It's very sad. Yeah. And then he says, uh, "If you're, I gotta know if anyone is out there, if anyone really cares, because baby, I'm not." He's not, he is not fu- fooling. Fu- fooling. Uh, Stuart, what do you think? What do you think we mean here? Uh, when it's clearly a du- double negative, Alex. Because baby, it's I'm saying, not fooling. You think it's a double negative? Well, what he's trying to say is he's like, I'm not lying about what I said. Well, oh, I which is a, which w- is the same way of saying I'm telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been because baby, I'm. Tra 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 truth and because <laughs> baby I am tra 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 truth and 
I mean, but that obviously wouldn't sound as good. No, musical geniuses. Truthen might not have had the same impact as fa 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 fooling. So the yeah. all right. So yeah, I think you're totally right. I think the 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 point there is he's saying I'm not I'm not fucking around. I'm not fa 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 fucking around. Yeah. But uh, what do you think? Why? What is it about the where he is right at this moment? What is it about that that's got him stuttering and saying "fuh fuh 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 fool"? Do you think he's really cold? Is he in a cold place? That normally when I'm really cold, I stutter constantly. My teeth are chattering. Sure. But you don't hear teeth chattering in this song, Alex. You hear stuttering. So maybe maybe he's addressing a crowd, and he's saying, fuh, 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 pointing at each member of the crowd. Maybe he's confused. Maybe he's been hit in the head. Wouldn't you say, if you were pointing at different members of the crowd, wouldn't you say, fool, 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 foolin'? Wouldn't you, like, point out? Oh, that makes sense. Like, you're burning each member of the yeah, crowd. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. That makes sense. But it's harder to say. Fool, 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 foolin'. Yeah, that would that would probably... What do you think, Alex? Uh, I mean, my, my guess has always been that it's, um, that what we're doing, again... Educated guess. My Okay, yes. Thank you. My very, very very educated guess here is since there's so much fire imagery on this album that that we're lending weight to this song by giving it an ice uh, uh by giving it oh, an icy yeah, yeah. chilly fooling we you can you can just you can see somebody in a parka you know just with their arms like like folded, going fooling. I'm not fooling. Like that's what that's what I think is happening here. Walking between empty stalls on a cold carnival night. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and just and just completely lost. This is after everyone's gone to sleep. The beverage station has been shut down. Joe is by himself. He's not sleeping. He's he's you know. He's the, ref- the place where you throw the balls to get giant stuffed animals is shut down. <laughs> yeah. The is place there- where you throw throw rings around bottles is shut down. Yeah. Is there anything more poetic than a shutdown after hours carnival where literally nothing? Because because wait, wait, everything wait, wait, you're looking at check, everything you're looking at is book. designed for fun and and none of it's working anymore. So you've literally got an end to fun and nobody likes that that might be the most poetic thing that there is in the world yeah and what does the rule book uh, say what does bill maher's uh, old rules it's say actually about that? yeah it's listed in bill maher's rule book about uh podcasting about uh musical bands there's uh under the list of most poetic number one is shutdown carnival yeah <laughs> great i had a feeling it would be <laughs> yeah, it's crazy <laughs> i had a feeling that that would be at least, you know, high on the on the list. Uh, number two is a uh, young kid kicking an old guy in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> that is the second most poetic image you can have. Wow. Uh, we should be using that more, I think, than if that's true. I, yeah, I think we're. Uh, who knows? Maybe it'll show up later in the uh, the album. <laughs> I do need to, I do need to kindle this because I would I that would have helped to have known that. Uh, 
as a as a hysterian that I that I had that uh, you know that good a solid of a metaphor at my disposal. Um, can we? Uh, can we go to well i mean we're, we're actually we're we're already there but the second verse of this song um is as as far as ambiguity goes it's like a real it's a real treasure trove of ambiguity uh we don't nec- we don't need to listen to it because uh, musically it's it's just it's a it's a mirror of the first verse but yeah, it says, so it's perfect it says close your eyes don't run and hide Easy Love is, and now the official lyric sheet that we have off the Def Leppard website here says Easy Love is no easy ride. I think if you listen to it, I think he says pretty clearly Easy Love is an easy ride. Um, oh, yeah. That makes sense. And then, and then he says what has to be one of the most compelling and mysterious couplets in, in all of Leopardum, which is just waking up from what we had could stop good love from going bad. I can't say I know exactly what that means, but it's deep as shit, man. Yeah. Just waking up from what we had could stop good love from going bad. So uh, let me let me hear, what, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think that means off the top of your head or, or, or in your notes? Uh, well, man, I would have to say that to, uh, that up until this point, Joe Elliott's had nothing but ex- bad experiences with relationships that take too long. When, when you become too familiar. Just waking up. So you're saying waking up is becoming too familiar or recognizing well, that like you're too familiar? Waking up is, yeah, it's the moment when you realize that you have, uh, you've spent too much time together and you're, you've, you've wasted You've wasted your life. Do you think that that is him saying we need to uh, improve this? We need to inject some mystery and some romance into this? Or do you think that's him saying we need to move on, move along? Uh, I think it's time to move along. It's okay. time for, up until this point in his life, he is only his only reaction to, to that kind of situation is to walk away. Well, Stuart, you're exactly right. Oh my God! I that's did totally it. what, what I win. That's totally what what it means. Uh, well, I got you another copy of that rule book. <laughs> oh, wow! Is it? It's autographed too? No, no. This one is an autograph. Oh, then it's clearly not as valuable. It's, it's paperback. Uh, oh, it's it's paperback. If you had so, it the whole time, why didn't you? So look this is at it? I, it's it, it's sealed. I this one will be like your bathroom copy. That's that's why I got you this. Okay, yeah. When I when I have a book in the bathroom, I like it to be paperback, just because I get a lot of water on things. Sure, and paper really holds up to water. Yeah, better. Well, yeah, and you don't want to have to replace like the yeah you don't want to have to replace the the soft cover you know or the paper cover on a hardback book a hard hardbound book. Yeah, what are those made out of? Like stone or plastic or something? <laughs> I don't know, but this, uh, I, I started a bit right there that I don't have anywhere to go with, uh, of, of a, of a bathroom book humor. Oh, so we have to, we're going to have to, we're going to have to back up a little bit here. Why don't we, Um, why don't we just bury the bit? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, It was a good bit. Let's Uh, move along. I'll, I'll give it a quick eulogy. It was a good bit. Uh, it was, you know, it shot a little bit high, but, uh, uh, 
you know, sometimes pits get too big for their britches, and uh, those britches kill them. Yeah, so, I gotta say, so not good. not knowing what like the paper covers that are on the outside of uh, oh slip slip jacket that's what it's called slip knot. Now, see, now I can move forward. Uh, what what happened, what stonewalled me there was I realized I didn't really know what anything about a hardback book was called. <laughs> and I was going to start talking about hardback books in the bathroom and what's wrong with that. But I didn't even know what the damn covers were called. Okay, so let's let's move on. And, you said damp covers? Uh, uh, I'm keeping that bit alive. We should just let it go to, go to rest. So I think we've pretty much said all we're going to say about okay. track one on side B. Do you have anything you want to use to wrap it up? Wrap uh, it up I just, I just want to say that the soul, all right, I want to say one thing, which is that, uh, foolin' is a song that gets better every time. I, I've been listening to this song since I was, you know, a wee, 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 wee boy. And it gets better literally every time I listen to it. And, this solo in this song is absolutely fucking killer, and I want to play that. Uh, and then it also has a great ending where it goes kind of like where where the the beat sort of flips around on you. And we should hear a we should hear just a moment of that. But first, I'm going to play this killer solo at three minutes on your on it's three minutes in to your side B of your Pyromania cassette. And here we go. So that is like, I mean, that's like a, what's crazy is that's like a fireworks show, you know? Like, yeah, there's so much sass. There's just, it, when it starts, there's all this like, like, all this crazy stuff going on all over the place. It's like fireworks going off in the middle of a really sad, desperate song. That's like a call for, call for help. And maybe it's, maybe the fireworks are the call for help. Maybe, maybe musically they saw it as an opportunity to, you know, to to send out a flare. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. And also, I think it's really great that you give people the timestamp for uh, queuing up their cassette tapes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's... Cassette players, which are known for their ability to find the exact moment on, on, a, on a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The exact minute through. I mean, you yeah. have to do a little bit of math because you have to look... You have to look at how far the ta you have to look in that little glass thing in the middle and look at how you have to yep. gauge the ratio between the two spindles of tape and you mm -hmm. have to you have to calculate as you fast forward at what point you've reached three minutes and you also have to realize that as the spindle on the play side disappears that that it, the ratio gets bigger and bigger and bigger it's complicated but but true yeah, fans I mean, know how to do it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's physical media is great. All so right. let's uh, listen. Let's, let's listen real quick to this awesome thing at the end where it, where it doubles doubles up, and then and and then we'll move on. Here we go, real quick. Oh, no. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a real banger right out the gate. But, you know, the thing is, is that this is not a podcast exclusively devoted to the song Foolin'. We're going to have to move along to song number two. Which is called Rock, Rock of, of Ages. Ages. Globen. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me one more 
So Rock of Ages, Alex, uh, it is named after the uh, the play, the musical of the same name, right? The Rock Opera? Rock of, oh yeah, it, the Jukebox musical that... Uh, starring Tom Cruise. <laughs> starring, starring Tom Cruise. It inspired and... this hit song by Def Leppard. Not, that was me doing a fake out, <laughs> that's impossible. Because Rock of Ages, the song came up around a long time before that musical or play that was a test if you failed you should stop the podcast and go home yep yep go home from where you listen to podcasts go okay. back so alex let's uh let's dig into the meat of this sweet piece yeah uh well obviously opens with uh very mysterious uh words gunter glieben glauschen globen mm-hmm. uh, that's that's german alex Stuart, uh, have, you have you, you trans- speak German quite well. So, oh yeah, I'm I'm an expert. What does Glinter Glieben Glauschen Globen mean? It means, hey everybody, we're about to play a song. <laughs> well, that disappoints me actually. <laughs> That's the, the, you were that. hoping it was going to be wacky. Well, well why be know. why be mysterious? Um, no, uh, Def Leppard has claimed on multiple occasions that that means running through the woods softly. That's for real. They have said that that's what it means, even though that's not what it means. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, the actual story of why, um, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be just for real here because I, because this is kind of oh, okay. Awesome. Let's uh, turn our chairs around. Yeah, I'm going to turn my baseball cap backwards and my chair backwards, and I'm going to get super real with you kids and tell you that Gunter Glieben Glauschen Globen uh, is ad-libbed. It's Mutt Lang's voice, producer Mutt Lang, also Katie Lang's dog, uh, but the uh-huh. producer of a lot of classic, great classic rock albums, Mutt Lang, uh, married to Shania Twain now. Uh, that's just something that he... He made them do take after take after take. He made them do so many takes of these songs, which is important to know as a as a fan. How what what a perfectionist uh, is it? Because their performance didn't impress him much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just because he was such a perfectionist. He just wanted the he wanted a take where. I think he was inspiring them to be almost angry with how many takes they had to do. That's something that I think directors do, where they just get their actors work up, worked up, fed up, hungry, and then you get more of a you get more of a performance out of them. That's what I think Mutt Lang uh, was doing here. But you have to imagine he was doing so many takes that he was just making up instead of going one, two, three, four. Instead of counting that off, he started just making up words. And by the time he got to this take, he had made up the words Gunter Glieben Glauschen Globen. Those are not the first words that would come to your mind. Those are not the Probably 65th not, no. words that would come to your mind. Those are not the 115th words that would come to your mind. I mean, we're talking, I think we're talking thousands of takes here. Yeah. Sometimes perfection is difficult to achieve. Yeah. So anyway, that's the that's the story behind those words. That's what that means. Uh, but then then we've got a bit of a uh, it's it's a bit of a it's kind of a rap tune, right? It's a bit of a yeah, a little bit of, a little bit of classic uh, Joe Joe Elliott scat for us. Yeah, it's Br- it's British it up. British kind of rock rap. 
of the lad mm-hmm. variety. And um, uh, all right, I got something to say. It's better to burn out than fade away. All right, going to start a fire. This is all just kind of ad-libby sure. stuff. Uh, we get to the verse proper, and it's rise up, gather round, rock this place to the ground, burn it up, let's go for broke. Watch the night go up in smoke. Rock on, rock on, drive me crazier. No serenade, no fire brigade, just pyromania. Title of the album. This is obviously a very important song in the lexicon. Yeah. Because it gives us the title of of this album. It's great because crazier, serenade, brigade, and pyromania all rhyme really well together. Well, the way Joe Elliott sings them. Yes, they do. He said he manages to make Crazier and Serenade rhyme, which yeah. is impressive. That's like what Eminem does. Yeah. <laughs> he said Eminem the candy. Yeah. The big the fat the fat yellow one. Yeah, the way it makes your mouth do weird shit. Uh so yeah, we got uh we're firing up. We're this this is a song that's all about getting you pumped the fuck up. Yeah, it's super it's it's uh, it's an anthem. It's an it's an arm in the air anthem, and pretty much everything in it. It's all fire fire language. It's let's strike a light. We're gonna blow like dynamite. Uh, gonna set this town alight. What do you want? And then the gang vocals say, "I want rock and roll. Long live rock and roll." And everything in here, straight down to the end of the song, we're gonna burn this damn place down, down to the ground. Everything in here is a guy getting a crowd worked up to set fire to something, except for the chorus, which is rock of ages, rock of ages, still rolling, keep a rolling. There's a legacy in the chorus that the rest of the song, the rest of the song is immediate, like, it just sounds like a guy saying consequences don't matter, we're going to fuck everything up because we feel that way. But then the yeah. chorus is like weirdly concerned with history and continuity. Do you have any, Stuart? Do you have any theories as to why, rock, what "Rock of Ages" actually means? What the, you know, uh, why, why he's saying? Well, I, go ahead. I'd say that he clearly, Alex, he's tapping into this kind of uh, rebellious, almost coyote spirit of uh, of rebelliousness and how uh that he is demanding that everybody uh give a show of youthful exuberance and how that just doing that is like tapping into our almost primitive caveman cells selves when we took up a bone and smashed a monolith or some shit i see i see okay yeah 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 you are absolutely right no no man two for two that makes absolute perfect sense because basically so we're describing like a men's retreat weekend in the woods mm, yeah, where, yeah, that's where, you re, where you reconnect with your animal self. And you're saying that the that the need, the urge to destroy, the urge to set fire to what stands before you is the most is the biggest tradition that humanity has. It's a bigger tradition than anything else, than society, than civility, than uh, then rational conversation, setting fire to the shit in front of you that you don't understand is bigger, more important than all of that. 
right? Uh, yeah, deep down we're all just animals, dude. That's, yeah. that's what we're saying. Yes. I, I totally, I think that's, that's a very astute uh, interpretation of what this means. Um, so that, I, I think that's actually pretty easy and pretty quick to sum up in that way. I mean, it, it obviously ends with uh, the sound of a match being lit and, and Joe laughing for like a, a long time as a he sets, as he sets fire to something. Um, there is, uh, a little, there's something really mysterious going on in the chorus or in this, I'm sorry, in the solo of this song, uh, where there's like some backwards vocals and some hidden vocals that I'd always wondered about. And I recently looked up uh, what any, what, if anybody had any, any new information as to what that was, um, because it's hard to do with just, you know, obviously tape cassettes. You can't really isolate vocals and stuff like that. People have actually isolated Joe's vocals and they have found, oh. they have taken the, they, they've, it's because it's like this backward vocal section um, that I will play vocal only. And then I'm going to, I'm going to play that. And then I'm going to, I'm going to play what those vocals are. Okay. Lay, lay it on me. All right, here we go. This is the reversed vocals that you hear during the solo. <laughs> Okay, and now I'm going to play the... Uh, it's chilling. Now I'm going to play what those words are uh, reversed back to normal. Here we go. Fuck the Russians! Brezhnev got herpes! Asshole. <laughs> okay, so he says, "Fuck the Russians." Brezhnev's yeah. got herpes. We're talking. Uh, we're talking about Leonid Brezhnev, uh, the Soviet leader for most of, I believe, the like the late sixties to the eighties, or maybe even longer than that. I don't know. He died. Brezhnev died in November of 82. All right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. That that checks out. So timeline-wise, Brezhnev died in November of 82. This album came out in January of 83. That means they were recording this album. And then Brezhnev died. Holy Christmas. Which seems is seems almost too coincidental to me. That no, Def Leppard would just clearly linked together. That Def Leppard would just so uh, like simultaneously like first of all, it's a devastating own that fuck yeah. fuck the Russians, Brezhnev's got herpes coming from the biggest band in rock and roll. That I don't know I mean just those words, I don't know that Russia would have ever recovered from it. How do you how do you handle the idea of realizing that 
there there is a god out there. He's malevolent and he hates you. Exactly. Exactly. How do you accept it? Uh, also, but the 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 other the other added element to this is they chose to hide it. They chose to uh, they chose to be cryptic about it. They chose to reverse it. And yeah. in, in what I think they're doing there is they're telling Russia, look, we could have just as easily written a song called fuck the Russians. Brezhnev's got herpes. You would never recover from that. Your whole yeah. empire would crumble, but we, mm -hmm. it's like, um, they're, they're playing with them. And then, you know, I, I think not coincidentally, Brezhnev uh, just died, and then that brought in the reign of uh, Gorbachev, and that and that really like kind of ended uh, communism. Ended communism. Ended it right there. No kidding. So that uh, I gotta say, it it kind of it makes me wonder two things. It makes me wonder: is the greater, and this I don't have an answer for. I'm not being coy here. I don't know if the greater metaphor here, if the added level to all of this thematic stuff that we're talking about is some kind of Cold War, you know, allegory. I don't know if if all the stuff about him not wanting to pay his taxes and the British Empire falling down and him not wanting to eat pussy and, uh, you know, negging Princess Di into having an affair yeah. with him. I don't know if all that stuff is a Cold War allegory. I don't know if he was doing a lot of this stuff to, to like, piss off the Russians. Could be. Uh, and I also don't know if Def Leppard ended, ended communism. Like uh, I, yeah, I mean, we don't know anything for sure. Yeah. We don't know any definites. But we could there say... There are some... We could say probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's... We could easily make a very educated guess. Yeah. Um, and and my, edu rock my education... Since my education is almost entirely been learning about Def Leppard, I would say my educated yeah. guess is yes, they had a lot yeah, to yeah, do yeah. Very with ending communism. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. that's my wheelhouse. Wow. That's going to put the rest of this album into perspective, as well as the rest of their catalog and all the songs that they will be writing in the future. Yeah. Do you want to move on? Yeah. But, Alex, I got... I actually have. This is uh, not podcast related, but I think I think I'm going to have to pause the episode, and we're going to have to finish another time. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's just really late, and oh, okay. Uh, I just don't know if I'm going to be like I. Shar and I still have to get dinner, and it went like we. I don't know. It went longer, and it's going to take a lot longer. So we'll have to figure out a time to get in another, you know, forty five minutes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Um... You want to? Sorry. Hey, uh, no, no, that's okay. I think we. I mean, we really, really, we just had some pretty incredible uh, developments here. Yeah. Um, now we did only get through two songs, <laughs> <laughs> I know. which is uh, which is kind of crazy. Um, but I'm totally okay with uh, with calling this an episode. And then we'll do Coming Under Fire, Action Not Words, and Billy's Got a Gun. The next three songs, we'll do them. Uh, okay. We'll do them another time. So should, um, we, should we record a quick outro then? Oh, sure. Yeah. I was, I, I was going to leave all this in, actually. I think, that's, I, I think this, is, this is fine. Oh, this is perfect, yeah. 
this this ran a little long. We had a lot to talk about. I th- I think Foolin and Rock of Ages are the uh, emotional like center of the core of this yeah, album, the bedrock. So so it's it's perfectly makes perfect sense to to de- yeah. devote this much time to breaking them down. A lot of extra love. So uh, this has been another installment of Till Death Do Us Party. Uh, I'm Stuart Wellington. You can normally find me on the Flophouse podcast or at my Twitter handle at FlophouseCat. Mm-hmm. And I'm Alex Smith, and I have uh, I have a band called Lydia Burrell. Uh, and you can listen to uh, two albums that I've put out that are on Spotify and Amazon and iTunes and all that stuff. Uh, I have uh, another thing that I do that's mostly YouTube videos called Howl Dottie. But you can also follow me on Twitter at, at Lydia Burrell. That's uh, a woman, like a woman's name, uh, but two R's, two L's in Burrell. And, um, and that's, that's it for me, I think. Yeah, um, thanks for listening. Tell your friends, all your other uh, Def Lep heads. Yeah, and if you have, uh, you know, and if you, if you want to send us anything, uh, till death do us party at gmail.com. The, the spelling of the name of our podcast without any spaces at gmail.com. You can send us uh, uh, questions. Um, you know, you can you can fan art. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Send us fan art. We would we would love to see some of that stuff. And um, and write an iTunes review for our podcast. That that would help if you're if you're enjoying this, which I hope you are. Um, and uh, we'll we'll be talking to you real soon about some more uh, very very exciting rock and roll music. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 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 We're gonna burn that damn place down. We're gonna burn this damn place down.